I'm Jamie Atkinson, and this is Ebbs and Flows, a podcast about the ups and downs, the gives and takes, the ins and outs, the highs and lows, the twos and fros, the comings and goings, basically the ups and flows of life. Please join me every other Monday for a new episode. This week's episode is titled A Conversation on Pushing Yourself Out of Your Comfort Zone, Part 1. This story is part of a three-part series with Courtney, one of my good friends. This first part is going to be about her initial settling into where she is. Don't want to spoil it. The second part is going to be in a few months when she's in the midst of her teaching wherever she is. Still don't want to tell you. The third part is going to be just how her first year teaching went and things she's learned, stuff like that. So before we get into the episode, I did want to give you a little bit of backstory on Courtney and how I know her and what kind of a person she is. I met Courtney five years ago. We have worked together at the same school. She wasn't well she is she is a middle school math teacher well no she was a middle school math teacher and she's now going to be teaching maths um at the secondary level and she and I have gotten to know each other very well over the past five years um our first year we were hanging out her me and another teacher we'd hang out probably once a month or so just at whoever's place and we would just complain and rant and talk about all the joy in teaching, the triumphs of teaching, the hard times in teaching. And it was really nice to just have that small group to kind of just vent our frustrations and get advice from others and see other people going through the same thing or how to, uh, or having friends help you through a situation. And I would say probably summer 2019, Courtney and I had been talking and she was telling me that she was just kind of feeling stagnant with where she was. She didn't feel I don't want to say that she wasn't going anywhere because she really enjoys the people she works with. She loved the staff at our school. She loved the community she lives and works in. Like she is the teacher you want. She's like that happy, engaging, kind teacher that every person wants. But she told me she just felt like she wasn't really growing as much as she should. And she was looking into teaching abroad. And I've done that. And I was like, girl, go for it. You won't regret it. And so she decided to go to England. So she is currently in the UK. She got there about a week ago and currently quarantining, probably slightly losing her mind a little bit, or at least I would be just being stuck in her room. But in classic Courtney fashion, she is finding the bright side. She is looking at the positive. She is getting work done. She is just thriving, honestly. And... I'm really excited for you to hear her story. This week's episode is definitely a little bit more upbeat than last week, so I hope you enjoy the conversation on pushing yourself out of your comfort zone with Courtney. Courtney, so tell me about the process of getting over there, your flights, leaving Detroit, all that. Uh, Flights leaving Detroit were fine. There was really not much to do up front as far as, like, immigration customs or even like COVID related things. They just had to verify that I had everything that I was supposed to have for um, when I like arrived in the UK for the UK government stuff. Um, But that was pretty quick. So anyway, so um, my flight to Detroit, fine. And then um, boarded my flight in Chicago to London, fine. We had to wear a mask the whole time, but. Oh God, did you sleep at all? I did. I tried. I mean, it's a seven, it's only a seven and a half hour flight. So I did my best. I was pretty tired because it was a long day of just like traveling and saying goodbye to people, of course. But when I arrived, I was expecting it to take forever. And so I had somebody coming to pick me up and my flight arrived at like 630 in the morning. 
And so I told him, I was like, don't worry about coming early. Like, I'm sure it's going to take me forever to get through customs. So literally we get off the plane and I even take a restroom stop. And then I go down to my the baggage and there's like nobody around because it's so empty because nobody's flying. So I got my bags and then I went to go through like customs and if you have nothing to declare you don't have to go wait in the long line so I went through like yeah I went through the e-gate because I'm American so you can go through the e-gate and I just scanned my passport not even my visa walked right through didn't have to declare anything so I walked right through and out I mean it was literally 30 minutes from when my my flight landed are you sure you did it right and you're on, you're not in the country illegally I mean I hope so they never looked at, <laughs> well they never looked at my visa so I'm kind of like mm, but I'm sure they have all of your information in the system anyway. Cause that's the what, that's yeah, that's what my ride said. She was like, if, you know, if they had wanted to talk to you, they would have registered when you scanned your passport. So yeah, I had the record breaking, uh, gone through custom just real quick and easy. I mean, everyone's wearing a mask in the airport the whole time, but besides that airport flying is actually much easier because it's not busy at all. Was your flight like, was, was there a space in between you and the person next year? Were there many people on the flight? Um, so it was, looked like they had booked two people per three seats and so I was on this was only not the Detroit flight the Detroit flight was um packed like we were all in seats but the flight over to London was like probably like a third like one third not full so two thirds full um so there was like two people and they would put like a seat between us and then of course there's like the three row columns of three so in every row there was like two people with a seat between them I'm still surprised it was that packed. I don't know how many Americans are going over to the UK. Well, you know, there were some people who were British and going back, you know, oh. study. And so they were leaving because they're studying because school starts and stuff like that. I know I was surprised uh, it was yeah. that packed, but I was glad it wasn't, you know, sardines packed in. <laughs> yeah. Did you feel safe, though, on the flight? I did. I mean, every like by the time I got on my flight, I was very used to like everybody wearing a mask the whole time because you have to do it in the airport as well. Okay. Um, the only time I was a little nervous is they would feed us. And on flights, they feed, like, they feed you so often, like, especially because the time changed. So we had a snack and beverage, and then they immediately came out with dinner and beverage. And then in three hours, they gave us breakfast because we were arriving, you know, in the morning, uh, oh London time. So like, but when, of course, everybody got drink or food, we would remove our masks to eat. And so that's when I was kind of nervous because everybody's removing their mask at the same time to like eat this food they're just trying to keep you fed fat and happy exactly but the consequence is everybody's removing their mask so that was the only time when I was a little freaked out but I guess what are you gonna do (laughs) Ty was saying goodbye to your family that was really tough I mean I was like trying not to cry but I mean my and my mom is like pretty emotional and so like yeah it was really really hard I mean because the other thing is we got there so early because I was worried about you know if I had to go through a bunch of custom things at the beginning which I didn't and so we were just kind of sitting like in front of you (laughs) know um, yeah sitting in front of the oh what's it called when you go through security checks just kind of waiting around and like and you know delaying the inevitable because I was either going to wait on this side or that side So that was like really tough, but yeah, we all cried. And I think walking away from them after I got through security was like pretty rough. Cause then the whole rest of the day, I was just like, Oh, like I'm actually doing this. Like, Oh, I'm really not going to see my mom again for a whole like year, year and a half. Like that's like, you know, I was so, I was talking about it and I was like, ha ha. Like 
you know, like my mom's sad, but I'm not going to be sad. And then immediately, as soon as I left them, I was like, oh, crap, I'm not going to be able to see them for a long, long time. Did it feel kind of freeing, though? Because I found when I left for Thailand, it was scary, but it was also just like, holy crap, like I can do anything. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was, although I don't know. See, I've been going through a lot of that like this like past few days that I've been in quarantine because I really can't do anything. And so that's been kind of frustrating. So I don't, I like went from like, I went from having my own space living alone to mm-hmm. quarantine where I was quarantining with a few friends. And so I was with people all the time. And then I went home and I was with people all the time, my parents. And I was like, I can't wait to be alone. Like as soon as I was alone, I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> Oh no! Like may- wait, maybe I like want to be with people. So so that's been kind of like rough, just like being here alone, um, you know, in this new country, like not really knowing what I'm doing. Um, so that was like kind of tough, but it is. I mean, it's freeing and exciting, and I can't wait to go and travel. But um, yeah, it was unexpected. I expected to feel very free. I was like, I can't wait to be on my own again. But unexpectedly, I kind of was like, huh, I kind of miss my people. So that was so- odd. So where are you right now? I am in a hotel um, in Stevenage, which is the town where my school is, um, and hopefully the town where I'm going to find a place to live. And how's Um, that going? It's okay. So um, the food situation is not great. So, well, first, (laughs) I have to isolate for 14 days, and the rules are basically that I can't even go outside um, because I don't have, like, a private garden. It's, like, you know, a public uh, hotel. I booked it because it was the cheapest thing I could find. And then I didn't realize that I literally will not be able to go outside of my little tiny room. So I've got four walls and that's where I have to stay. So that's been really tough. I do have a window, so that's been nice, but that's been hard. And then the food situation's a little rough because I don't have a microwave. I don't have a fridge. So the food that um, the lady who picked me up got me is all things that don't have to be refrigerated or cooked. So my diet is bad. <laughs> PB&Js. PB&Js, you know, apples, beef jerky. So that's been kind of rough just because I want to save money. I mean, I could definitely order hot food every day, um, of course. And my hotel has room service, so I could do that. But, you know, I'm just trying to be budget friendly, especially with all the things I've had to pay for coming over here. So how's your search for um, for a place going? Um kind of okay of course uh covid throws a whole different you know mix on viewing homes um and then especially when i'm in isolation i cannot go and view anything so i've been doing a lot of like online searching but the hardest thing for me is i've never been to this area um so i have no idea like what the area is like and i have no idea like you know what areas are safe what areas have like the type of people that i want to live by um, and so I'm just kind of going based off of what um, my, you know, co-workers or other friends in the area have told me of like nice areas or cool areas to live um, and then finding places based on that. And the other thing I've been trying to figure out, um, which is a whole nother issue, is like I'm trying to figure out how far away I want to live from school, you know, for transportation purposes. I'm looking at a map and I don't really know like how far compared to other places, like what I'm where I'm looking is. So I can use Google Maps to like, okay, how long of a walk would it be? Like, how long of a bike would it be? Um, But without a vehicle, it's like, well, I've, you know, I've never really had to just like walk or bike everywhere. So I'm also trying to figure out feasibly how far away I could live and then looking at public transportation 
um, and trying to make a plan for that before I even like say, yeah, I want to look at this place. That sounds you know? so stressful. It's just a lot. It's a lot to think about. It definitely is. And I just feel like it would be so much easier if I had like somebody doing it with me or if I could like go to the places. Would you prefer to live by yourself or would, would you mind having a room share? That's the other thing I've been thinking a lot about because I've been alone for five years, um, very used to living alone. And I think it, it's going to be a weird transition, transitioning into living with other people. So I found, you know, places anywhere between living with like one other person to living with five other people. Um, and so it just kind of, it's one of those things where like hearing the five other people makes me very anxious, not because I wouldn't like to do it. I would love to, but that's a lot of people to make sure that, you know, you get along with or that you can live with. And it's been so long since I've lived with anybody. Like, you know, I'm a little nervous for like what that's like, or, you know, I want to make sure like, you know, we get along and all that stuff. So that's been a little tough. I think it'd be nice though, to live with someone who's from the area. Cause then, you know, it's a built-in person that can, you know, help me figure things out. So you mentioned the visa process. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. How long you got? <laughs> I've got about 30 minutes, so. Okay. Hmm, where should we start? So. Well, actually, before that, can yeah. you just talk a little bit about why you even chose to do this? Because you had a cushy, comfortable job. Yes. In an area that was like, you had friends, you had a life that you had started. This is true. And then I <laughs> up and left it all. Why? Why did you do that? You know, it's so funny. Um when I first decided that I was probably just going to leave South Bend in general, just because I was ready to move on. That was a point in my life where I had a summer that was super great, but then I didn't feel like I had many people that I was very close with um, in like the South Bend Mishawaka area where I lived. And so, you know, I was thinking, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm 27. I am kind of living this middle aged lifestyle um, in my you know, in my twenty, in my twenties, um, you know, could I be doing something different? I mean, I loved my, my, I loved the school that I worked at. Um, I loved the, like the people at my school and I loved doing, um, young life on the side. Um, but I was like missing that like extra aspect of like the social life. So, um, that's when I was like looking for where to go. Um, and you know, being a teacher, they need teachers everywhere. So I was looking, you know, across America. Well, first I was looking in Michigan, um, either lower or upper, because that's where my family is. And then I was looking more in different states in the U.S. because I could literally go wherever I want. So I was like, where do I want to live in the United States? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I could go bigger. And so then I started looking into the U.K. because um, I have some friends over there or over here, I guess now. Um, and when I went to visit them, I absolutely loved it. And I was like, I've always wanted to live in, you know, the U.K., um, why not? And so I started looking into, you know, different, uh, jobs and how to get a job. And then I stumbled upon these recruitment companies for the London area, seeking out math and science teachers. Um, and I signed up for one and then all of a sudden I was interviewing for jobs. So it just kind of came about, but what's so funny is I accepted the job in February, COVID hit, and it was a nightmare because I was devastated that I couldn't you know, have the goodbye that I wanted with the students that I loved, the school that I loved, the coworkers that I loved. And then on top of that, quarantine led to some really great friends um, that I like 
you know, formed deeper bonds with through quarantine, right? All, you know, before I was headed to a different country forever. So it's funny how sometimes you get kind of what you want right after you decide that you're ready to go somewhere else. So that was, that was interesting. And and it, it was a tough thing to consider as, you know, I was going through the very complicated visa process with COVID um, multiple times. I was like, you know what? I, I'm just not going to do it. I don't know why I'm doing this. Like, I've got these great friends here now. Like I'm having so much fun. Like, why am I moving? So that was, it was interesting. It was a challenge to, to really stick to my guns for what I decided in the first place. So how did the visa process go then? What did all that entail? You said you couldn't apply. You applied in February, right? Is that what you said? So I accepted the job in February Um, but then, gosh, it's going to be hard to remember all of this. So I accepted the job, but then there's just kind of like a slow process for the visa, um, for the work visa. So essentially, um, the school needs to fill out this paperwork and like basically apply to sponsor you. So your work in general, whatever company you're working for needs to apply to sponsor you. Um, and then they'll receive a sponsor number. And that sponsor number expires three months after they receive it. The U.S. or the American applying for the visa cannot apply for their visa until they have that special number. It was like I accepted the job and then we had a long waiting game where we were just kind of, you know, every so often like thinking about like getting like a bank account, thinking about where I wanted to live, like those those types of things. Um, but nothing, you know, really big until that like three month window. So the three month window hits, but then of course with, um, the pandemic, there's all these other things, uh, going on with that. So they should have received their, their number within three months before I was expected to be here in the UK. However, um, the pandemic closed all the visa offices, um, everything shut down on my side and their side. Um, wow. Yes. So we had to wait for those to open up and then they started to open up um, kind of at that three month mark, which I can't even think back to, let's see, August, um, July, June, kind of in June, they started to open up. So once they get their number and then once I can apply for my visa um, and get my appointment to get my fingerprints biometrics done, once that appointment, um, the visa takes 15 working days, which is three weeks. So essentially, I needed to, to have my appointment um, to, to get to the UK on time. I needed to have my appointment, um, you know, by the end of July, like first week of August, so that I could arrive, get settled for a week, and then start my job on the 1st. June hit, and they tried to apply, and then something fell through on their end with their visa offices, so it didn't happen my school. So then um, July hits, and they try again, and so um we get it in july yes you got it at the really the like towards the tail end of july i remember so what exactly are you going to be teaching as far as i understand it here in the uk at many schools um like every subject um teacher teaches every single level basically or at least multiple different levels um so you know it it seems like not many teachers teach multiple of the same class i have One year seven math class, which is um, sixth grade level aged kids. And one year eight, one year nine, those are like the middle school levels. And then I have one year 11, which is like a sophomore level in high school class. And then 
I'm like co-teaching a freshman level. um, So year nine class with somebody else. How afraid were you going into this? Like, did you have any fears even when you were planning on doing all this? Like once you got on that plane, were you just like, holy shit, I'm actually doing this? Or was it just like, are, do you have any fears of this whole process? Oh, oh yeah. And that's been on my mind a lot recently, you know, so going into it, all I could think about, you know, kind of like where my mind went when I decided to, um, you know, that I wanted to move to the UK was the, the experience that I had had with my friends. Um, but you know, when I went with my friends, I traveled with someone basically the whole time I had someone pick me up at the airport. They had a car, we stayed at their family home. Um, you know, and then every time I was like traveling in the city or we were going anywhere, we were either in a vehicle or I was with friends on the train or I was with friends staying somewhere. Um, so, you know, that, that feeling of like having so much fun with these friends that I hardly ever get to see, just like having the time of our lives, you know, like running around the UK, that was like the feeling that I had and like why I wanted to go back. Um, but it's very different when you're alone. It's not the same. And so I don't think I quite thought that through. I mean, I knew obviously I was going to be alone, but I think just the the fact of, oh, like, no, no, no. Like I'm actually like, nobody is like standing next to me, holding my hand as we get on the train, because I don't know how to pay for the, you know, pay for the train ticket. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's again, back to, you know, when I said goodbye to my family, I got through security and I started walking away and I was like, oh, oh my gosh, like, like, this is it. Like, I am fully dependent on myself for the next like year, year and a half. I've just been like poured on with like love and support and like people helping. But at the end of the day, like I'm still sitting here in this room by myself on the plane to London um, is when I really realized I was like, oh man, like this is like, I'm by myself. What are you most looking forward to though about this whole experience? What am I looking forward to? Um, you know, and I have gone through lots of different things, but like, I think the reason why I love my job so much and the reason why I love doing Young Life so much is just in general, I really like meeting people. Like, I just really like interacting with people, which I think also is why being in this quarantine is just so depressing for me because like, I just thrive on like my interactions with other people and like learning about new people and like, you know, interacting with people. So honestly, like if I had to put a finger on what I was most excited for, I'm most excited just like, like meet everybody, meet everybody at my job, meet all my students, like meet people in the area, meet my potential roommate, you know, like go see my friends. Like, I'm just so excited to like, like go meet these new people from this whole, you know, other place. And then I would say the second thing I'm really excited for is I like, I like, I don't think that I'm a homebody, but for some reason, I just like really want to like settle in. Like, I'm so excited to like, okay, here's where I'm going to live. And then here's where I'm going to walk to get groceries. And here's my little like coffee place. And like, here's my, you know, little like where I'm going to go to sit outside. You know, I just love kind of like settling in and like finding all of my little like areas. So for some reason, like that's what I'm most excited. Like I'm just like settle into like life here in the UK a new rhythm right yeah exactly so that's what you're excited for what are you most afraid of uh <laughs> um let's see I'm pr- most afraid of uh, I guess not finding like connections here so like not finding people 
um, that I like connect with, that I want to spend time with, um, or to go do things with. So I'm worried about that because again, like back when I was first deciding on coming over here, like that was one of the things that I had thought about. It's like, well, I hadn't really had a lot of connections in the South Bend area that I felt like were really strong. So I'm going to go move somewhere else and hopefully make better ones. Then of course that all changed in South Bend, but what can you do about that? But the grass is always greener. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I thought a lot about this, um, especially with other friends kind of doing a similar move during this pandemic time. Um, just thinking about like, when we move to a new place, like, are we expecting this new place to satisfy these desires that we have? Or are we going to be okay, regardless of if that happens or not? Because sometimes I feel like the place might not satisfy, you can't depend on a place to do it for you. Like you've got to, you know, go find it or be okay with the fact that maybe it won't. So like, I would say before, before this pandemic hit, and I had to quarantine, you know, with my friends, and I made all these really cool bonds with people back in South Bend, like, you know, I don't know if I would have been okay if, let's say, you know, a year down the line, I'm still in the UK and I have nobody that I feel really close to here. You know, like, I, don't, I think I would have been really bummed because I was expecting the UK to solve that problem for me. Like, oh, I'll just meet a bunch of cool friends in the UK. Like, that's just what I need. And so I think it's really cool that, um, you know, back in the US, I know that, like, I've got those bonds that I've been looking for. So even if it doesn't happen in the UK, like I know that it's not my fault or I know that it's not, you know, because there's just something wrong with like the way I'm living my life. Like I know that it's, you know, that I have those back in the US kind of a thing. So I guess not looking for the, the place I'm moving to solve my problem for me. Um, so, but at the same time, of course, I'm still worried about that because that was on my mind when I decided to leave and to come over here to meet all these cool new people. Yeah, you can't have a place. Uh, you can't run away from your problems. Right. Even moving across the world doesn't exactly. solve exactly moving across the world. So I learned the hard yes. way. Yes, <laughs> see, you get it. <laughs> yeah, a twelve-hour flight away, you'd think would oh, I can just get away from everything. Nope, they still exist, just in a different time zone. Exactly. Part of me is like, I know that I'm looking for something. Do I know exactly what I'm looking for yet? Maybe not. You know, but I know that the UK is part of it, and I get to figure out which part of it that is, and that's kind of exciting, kind of scary. You know, all of the above. So, I'm excited to see where it takes me. One last question: What advice would you give to anyone that's thinking of doing something similar? I would say definitely, definitely push yourself outside your comfort zone because I do think. Um, you know, in just like going through this process, like while I was still in the US going through the process of deciding to move and like, getting all my ducks in a row, I think um, I learned a lot and I grew up a lot. And then um, obviously, as soon as I'm over here, I'm completely alone. And then even more so like I've had to grow up a lot and learn a lot. Um, and I just think there's something so cool about not being comfortable. Um, like in a big way, like I think I was so, so comfortable in my life in South Bend and I loved it. Don't get me wrong. And there's so many people there um, that I miss and like communities that I had there that I'm definitely going to miss. But um, there's something valuable, I think, in in not being comfortable and forcing yourself into a place that's scary um, and also in a place maybe that you're going to mess up and that you're not going to be like the big kahuna, you know? And so I got to a point, I think, where I was feeling really good about everything um, and I felt very in control and I was like, yep, I've got everything handled. Like my hands are on top of all the things. Um, and so then I, 
you know, took my hands off of those and put them underneath and threw them all up in the air. And I was like, you know, like, let's get myself really, you know, really uncomfortable. So I'm very much not in control um, of anything that's happening, especially during this pandemic. But also as I arrive in the UK, there's so many things I don't know. So many things that I do not have under, you know, my hands, everything's kind of going up and down and I can't really, you know, cover everything. So I think, yeah, I think that is cool because it gets me back into this place of like, I can still learn things and I, you know, I have new things to learn and, you know, it puts me back in this other spot of, okay, like what's this new life going to teach me, I guess. So highly recommend taking the leap and jumping as hard as it is, because I know that it's, it's going to be, I can't wait to see all the things that, you know, all the good that comes from it, the ways that I change and, um, and you're going to look back on yourself in a year and be like, what was I even thinking, like doing X, Y, and Z? Like you're going to have learned so much stuff. Exactly. I hope so. All right. Well, that was my last question. So thank okay. you you're for welcome. joining me. <laughs> it was good to hear from you. I know we've spoken know. via text. I know. I want to know how it's all going. I know. It's so nice to hear your, vo- your voice. So oh, sad. Thanks. All right. So part one, here it Yay. was with Courtney. Um, stay tuned for part two in a couple months where we check in and see how she's doing. Once I get out of quarantine. <laughs> Once you get a quarantine and you kind of got in a, into your rhythm and yeah. Woo-hoo. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome.